Reformed Church. Uh, last week we started talking about um, entering, uh, entering into where Yeshua went, right? And that actually comes from, um, you know, we started talking about how the Lord changed Joshua's name from Oshea uh, to, uh, which means salvation. He changed his name to uh, Jehovah is salvation, right? Um, which obviously is a cool thing because he's a picture, obviously, of Christ whom we follow. But, um, you know, if you can kind of picture in your mind uh, uh, just such a vast wilderness, right? And, and just millions of people, right? Thousands and, uh, you know, hundreds and tens of people, just people everywhere, right? The Jewish people wandering together. But what they were essentially doing, though, they were all going basically in the same direction, right? From everything that we see in Scripture, you don't see some going this way and some going this way, but they basically stayed together, right? And they were going in the same direction. Sometimes they were going the wrong way. Sometimes they were going the right way. Sometimes they were just going around in circles, right? But they were following. Um, and, and the thing that you see is that, uh, and I'll show you that again today, the thing that the people of Israel were asking um, when, um, when they were very close to the, to the land of Canaan they said, uh, let, let us get 12 men and send them ahead of us, heads of each of our tribes, and let them, send them ahead of us that they may bring back a word, right? That they may bring back a word, that we may know the way to go, that they may bring back a word so that we may know the way to go. And, you know, um, what I was thinking about just, you know, well, song service was going on kind of was uh, all of us right as the church right not just us right here but just the church of the Lord in general and um, but the one thing that I can say about this church right because th the the one thing that you can say about reformed church is that you, you're either here or you're not right you either because there is nothing else to be here for other than just to hear the gospel, right? So if you're here, you're here because what you like to receive is you, you're receiving the gospel, right? As, as the essential thing for your life. You know, I, I, I always thought, you know, in my relationship with my wife, this is a little rabbit trail here, but uh, in my relationship with my wife, I always thought that the way our relationship could improve was by me being a better husband, but what, what that really meant to me, translated into real life was, I just need to help her more. She needs to know that I'm there for her, to be a help to her, to whatever, to encourage her. The funny thing is that that, that never worked. I mean, we've been married like uh, next, uh, next February, right, in just a little bit. We'll be married 34 years, right? A, a lot of those beginning years just didn't work. It didn't matter how many times I tried to unload the dishwasher. It didn't matter how many times I attempted to do anything or just being kind or whatever. It just doesn't work, right? Unity is not worked for and then it just works, right? Unity is what we're talking about, right? That's what, that's what we really, we, we want in relationships and marriage. We want it in marriage. We want it in relations with our sons and daughters. We want it in relations with our family. We want it with friends, right? It's unity that we're talking about. The interesting thing is you can't make that happen, right? You don't, you can bring together a false unity, right? If, when people gather together for a common cause, they think that they're united because they're working together for a common good. But that doesn't really mean they're united. That just means they're together and tolerating each other for what they're doing now. But if you actually give people time to just mesh and melt together, right, they'll just be like cats and dogs, right? It just, it, unity is not sought after. People can't bring unity and make it happen by themselves, right? Unity comes from love. Right? And you can't, you, we're, we're bad at loving people, right? I can't love my wife, 
I tried, believe me, I tried to love my wife, and I thought that what I had for her was love until the Lord taught me what real love was. And then he began to produce love out of me, which is called the fruit of the Spirit, right? What the, the first fruit of the Spirit, it's not the only one, but the first fruit of the Spirit that the Lord mentions in Galatians is love, right? So we have this thing going back to the wilderness, right? We, we, as a church, we have this thing called the unity of the spirit, which we have unity with every Christian, right? Doesn't matter if you're in Korea, in China, in Russia, doesn't matter where you are. If you're a Christian anywhere in the world, I'm united with that individual because we have the unity of the spirit, right? In other words, we have the same spirit in us. The reason why Christ and God are united is because they have the same spirit. The reason why we are one with them is because we have the same spirit. The reason why I'm one with you, right, is because we have the same spirit. Now, but, but that by itself, right, that is, that is a truth, right? You, we, we can't make that unity happen. It is already true, right? But, but there is a manifestation of that unity that you want to see, Right? There's, a, there's a manifestation of that unity that you want to see. And what people a lot of times are looking for, especially within the churches, they want to know, wh- wh- who do we follow? You know, because we're in, we're, in, we're in this world, right? So we want to know, like, who, who are we following and where are we going? And, and the, the, the main thrust for uh, last week's message, right, we're following Jesus, right? We're following Jesus. So here, here's one thing that I can tell you. Today today, right, and for the time that you guys have been attending here, I can tell you this, you are in the right place, right, and here's why, because you can judge for yourself because you have the same spirit that I do, right, you can judge for yourself, and, and, and I can say that, right, not because we are judges in and of ourselves, by ourselves, without Jesus, we're very poor judges, but because we have the same spirit, then we have the discernment of the spirit, which makes us very good judges, right, we, can, we have righteous judgment in us, so so you can judge righteously for yourself and know, am I hearing somebody teach me to follow a man, follow a doctrine, follow a speaker, follow the precepts that men developed and wrote down? Like, wh- wh- what is it that I'm being encouraged and have continued to be encouraged to follow, and that is to follow Jesus, right? In other words, we, we, we have been saved. The world, obviously, has been delivered and given an exit out of this world. And what we, regardless of where you are, right, we're, we're walking together in the same direction. Now, wherever you are in that growth, you could actually be walking together with us and actually not be saved yet. Like we're all, if, if you can imagine Joshua ahead, right, and you see all the people of Israel, first, first and foremost, Joshua and then the twelve, spies, right, coming into the land, and then everybody else is behind them. But they're all going in the same direction. Now, obviously, the problem that happened with them, and we know that, and I'll read it to you if we have some time today. The problem with with that was that the, the multitude or the large majority of the spies that went brought back a bad report, right? That, that's a problem, right? Because they brought back the wrong Doctrine. The people, were, the people sent these 12 to say, bring us back the, a word and tell us the way to go into the land. In other words, show us how we can come in to inherit. That's what they were walking into, right? They were walking into their inheritance, right? Christians need above, you know, above everything that they hear, above everything that they could possibly be taught, above all of the things that the church as an organization on this earth could supply a bunch of believing people, the main thing that they need is to be encouraged to walk into the inheritance that Christ died to put on the inside of them. He shared his glory with us. We need to be encouraged to walk in it. And how do you walk in it? 
the same way you got into it in the first place. The same way you were saved is the same way you walk in it. It is so simple that, honestly, children can learn this and grow in it themselves. Kindergarten children could learn this truth and, and be encouraged to grow in it themselves. It's not hard. God has not put the truth out of reach and made it difficult for people to attain. He's just saying, listen, the same way you got saved is the same way I want you to walk. So, so, so the multitude, you know, you can't follow the masses, right? That's one thing to take with you, right? You can't follow the masses. I tr totally understand that it, it is a little, a little, you know, can be disheartening when you live by sight to see, Lord, look at all the people. Look at where they're going. Look at what they're doing. Look at the books that they're reading. Look, look at all that's going on. It, we can't be right Right? It, 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 we, we have to follow where everyone's going. This is not what we hear predominantly in the church today. We have to go with what the masses are doing. Right? And, 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 and here's the thing that you know. It, no matter who you're, you're walking around with, right, the one that you really need to be following is Jesus. Right? We're, not, we're, not, we're not following men. We're following Yeshua, right? We're following Joshua into our inheritance. He is the one that went before us. There is nobody. Listen, I love Billy Graham, but he did not go before me, right? I love Joyce Meyer, but she didn't go before me. I, lo I love Joe Osteen. I love all, everyone that is well-meaning, right? Joseph Prince. I love Reformed Church, but here's the thing. There is one that has gone before me, and it was none of you, and it was none of the people, and it was no Christian that went before me. It was Jesus Christ that went before me. And if I'm going to follow someone, I'm going to follow him. And what we're doing here at Reformed Church is doing, doing one thing, encouraging you to follow him. And if we tell you something that's throwing you out of the way, that's not following him, don't listen to a word we're saying. <laughs> don't listen to us and don't listen to anybody else that's leading you a different way to look left or to look right. And it's not to follow him, right? There is one way for you to walk in what you want to walk in. All of us want to walk in the same thing. There is not a single Christian who doesn't want to walk in the full inheritance that they've been given. Not a single one. All of us want to do the same thing. So, so the thing is to you is how do, how, do you, how do you figure out, you know, is this right? Is it wrong? Am I being taught correctly? Am I being taught wrong? It, 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 listen, again, it, it, the Lord has not made it hard. He has made it very, very simple. Who, who is it? Who is it that you're encouraged to look to? Who? It's the who. It's not the what. It's not what you're being asked to do, right? Which obviously could be wrong, but it is, it is the who. Who is it that we're following, right? Who is it that we're following? Let me take you real quick to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, and I think it's um, Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Um, let, let me just finish th this one thought before I start reading there in Deuteronomy 1. So here's the thing, all of us are walking, I, I, I believe that with my heart, right, that we're all hearing the same gospel and we're walking in the same direction, but some of us, you know what, may not even be saved yet. Some of us have, may be just newly saved. Some of us maybe have been saved for a lot of years. Some, some of us have been saved a lot of years and have been hearing a lot of good truth for a long time. Some of us have been hearing a lot of truth for a little bit of time. Whatever that thing is, like wherever you are in that scale of knowing Jesus, right, that, that, that is important. It's just not a point of comparison, right? It is, are we following the same one? That's what's important. See, because if you're not saved, but you're hearing the right thing and you're looking to the right one, you're doing everything right. 
Now, I'm not asking you, do you do wrong things in your life and in your day? I'm just saying that that's not the point, right? Are you, are you looking and walking in the right direction? And if you are, and you see someone stumble next to you, they're, headed, they're walking with you, but they just fall a little bit. Grab them by the arm and help them up. Let's, let's go. Encourage them to do what? To walk in the same direction. You, you know how sometimes we, I've, I've talked, and I know that it can be a little, it sounds a little sarcastic sometimes. So, but, but when, you know, I talk to you that when, when, you're, when you're helping a brother or sister in Christ, you know, it's not about rubbing them on the back and telling them, oh, don't worry, I've been there. You know, it's going to be all right. And I know that sounds a little sarcastic, but this is how it plays out in your life, right? If we're all following Jesus and someone falls, should we be rubbing their back or say, listen, look, look, remember? Remember? We're following, remember? Look, remember why? Remember what he did? Not, don't remember what I did. Remember what he did? Remember what he did? Remember what he did 2,000 years ago? Remember what's done? Remember the one that has already given us the inheritance? Remember the one that's encouraging us and telling us, go in and possess it and take it because you are well able? Remember what he said? Remember, right? But if I stop, and I don't say any of that. I just rub you on the back, right? I don't know. Maybe you'll get comfortable and you'll lay down, right? Is that helping? That, that is, see, we, we have this definition of love, right? And it's what I was trying to do with my wife over 20 years ago, right? I was trying to love her. It doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because when I try to love someone, guess what I want in return? Love, right? If I rub your back, I want you to rub mine. And if you don't rub my back after I rub yours, I'm going to be upset with you because I rubbed yours, but you didn't rub mine. But you know what? When what I'm doing is learning to be learning the love that God has given me, and I'm following him into the inheritance that he's given me, I'm give, I can give to you out of the abundance of what he's given me, and you, if you don't give me anything back at that precise time because you don't feel up to it right then or whatever the case is, it doesn't matter, right? It's okay because I'm full. In other words, I'm giving you out of my abundance, I'm not trying to give you so you give me. Marriage is not 50-50. That's a bunch of hogwash. Marriage is not 50-50. It is you having 100% in you and giving to the people that you love. Your wife is one of them, right? Your family, your friends, giving to them out of the riches of the glory of God that is in you. That is not 50-50. You are full and you can give. You are full and you can give. You can look at your wife and say, honey, such as I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, be blessed. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of the one that has done everything for me, honey, let's go together. Let's walk. That brings unity. That is unity, right? That is encouraging, right? See, bringing back the right report to your home is how you lead. Bringing back the right report to the place where you work is how you lead, right? You could be a child in your home and encourage your family to follow Jesus, right? You, you, could, be, you could be encouraging the people that you love, let's follow Jesus, and you're being used as a leader. The leader does not mean the eldest one. The leader, the, the right leader is the one that's pointing you to Jesus, right? That is what brings unity in, in a relationship, in a home. This is why we encourage you sometimes. You know what, that you have to be careful, right? You have to be careful with who, with who you team up with. Because if you, if you are, or, or who you get into relationships, right? Be, because you cannot encourage someone, 
who doesn't want to receive the encouragement of the Lord, and you can't have someone encourage you that doesn't know a lick of anything to encourage you with, right? So that's why we ask you, we tell you, be careful. It's not because you're breaking the cardinal rule of relationships. It's because, I don't know, do you like trouble and suffering in your life, or do you like there to be God adding things to you without sorrow? That is, there is a thing called God adding to you things without sorrow or us adding things with sorrow, right? So, so there's a care that we have to take to make sure that, you know, in, that in what we're doing in our relationships and our friendships, right, that we are encouraging people to do what? To follow Jesus, right? Follow him. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, and if you can look with me at um, verse number 21, Deuteronomy 121, it says, look, the Lord your God has set, and this is, sorry, uh, Andre, this is um, New King James. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord, your God, the God of your fathers has spoken to you, right? It says, do not fear or be discouraged. There's a bunch of awesome things here, right? One thing is the Lord is the one that has set the land before you. So in other words, he's saying, I've given it to you already. That, that's something that should so encourage us, and Miss Lindsay was talking about it, and we were singing about it today, right? That, that, that the, the inheritance has been given to us. In other words, Jesus has done the work, right, to put heaven on the inside of us, and we'll talk a little bit more about that today, right? To put our inheritance inside of us. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. It doesn't come with observation, it's within you. So, so what the Lord wants us to do is to walk in that which we've been given, he doesn't want you to walk in something or to access something that you have to fight for. The Lord isn't asking the church to fight. The Lord has never asked the church to fight. The Lord is asking the church to enter in. That's a big difference. He's not asking you to fight. Actually, we say, well, isn't there a verse that talks about fighting? Yes, it's called the good fight of faith. He's asking you to believe, not to, not to duke it out with someone. He's not asking you to become an expert in war. He's not asking you to put on the armor of God so that you can go against the devil. The devil's already been overcome. You're fighting a fight that's already been won, right? He's not asking you to fight the devil, right? He's just asking you to be weary of him by just being conscious of Jesus, right? Just the armor of God, right? We've, you've, you've heard it many times, the armor of God is for your mind. It's not, it's, not, it's not all this stuff about you put it on this way and your back is uncovered, so you have to be careful to always be proceeding forward because if you retreat, then he's going to get you in the back. Listen, it's just stuff that we make up because we don't understand certain things, but the armor of God is just something for your mind. That's all it is. The armor of God is for your mind. It's truth, right, for your mind. So, so the Lord has set this before you. He, he encourages us, and he says, go in and possess it. Take it. In other words, he's saying, here it is. Go in and enter it. It's the same thing that he told the people of Israel, right? He said, I have set the land before you, Walk in and take it. He didn't, you notice that the Lord did not give them a strategy of war. These are, this is, this is a, a huge mass of people. But the Lord did not strategically set them up and set them up in 50s here and told them to flank the land of Canaan this way and then for some to come by air and by sea. It had nothing to do with the strategy of war. It was go in, walk in, and possess it. Take it. Why? Because he said, I have given it to you, right? So he's not asking you to fight. He's asking you to walk in and receive, right? Walk in and receive, which is obviously talking about receiving from God. He said, and then he says, do not fear or be discouraged. There is something that you'll see that causes discouragement, and that is the wrong report, right? When you, when, you, when you hear the gospel, 
That is encouragement for your soul, right? Immediate encouragement. You, you could be someone that doesn't even know Jesus and hear the good news of the gospel, and if you hear it and you see how good it is, it will encourage you immediately. You don't even have the Spirit of God yet, and you can be encouraged. The, the same way that a person that is lame that doesn't know Jesus, if you share what you have in you to them, they are immediately feeling better. They don't even have Jesus, and they can, del- they can receive from the good that you have. In the same way, right, we, we have, the Lord has set up shepherds and pastors and evangelists and teachers, right, and asked them to do what? To go in, right, and see the goodness of God and the inheritance that God has given them. In other words, to see the, Christ and him crucified and the glory that he shared with us. Two things, right? First Peter 1 Peter 1.11, the, the, the glory that God gave us, right? The inheritance that he has put on the inside of us. So he, he, he's asked the leaders of the church to go in and to bring back the right report, the right report. Listen, I, I know, I, I understand how things are, right, in, in the world today, the condition of things and, and the church thing, you know, you have to go to Bible school and you have to have a degree in order to feel qualified. But, but the truth is this, right? If you're going to the right Bible school, there's nothing wrong with that, right? If you're being taught the right things, but honestly, really, if, if, if the leaders in the church are doing our job in, in, in church, right, that is a Bible school, right? If we're teaching you the right things, the, the things that we're teaching you, I mean, it wasn't me that made it up, right? He says he, the Lord said that the, the leaders within the church have been established, right, to encourage the saints, to teach them for the work of the ministry, right? That's what we, that's what we, that's a job we've been given. But if we're doing kind of a half-ish job where we're just talking about things that are, you know, cultural and all of this stuff and talking about things that are just analogies and all of this stuff, that people have to actually go somewhere where they can dedicate themselves full-time to here because we're not really giving people what they need to teach. But there is nothing else that God wants you to teach and for you all to speak, for every single one of us to speak, that is not the gospel. It is the good news. In other words, the report, God wants us to go in and experience the, the goodness of what he's done, to understand his salvation, to see his inheritance, to behold his glory, and to come back and remind you of the same, and to tell you, come on, let's go. I mean, th- this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Come on, let's go. If you fall, okay, nobody's going to kick you, right? If you fall here in this church, right, you fall, something happened. We're not going to kick you in the head. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to grab you by the hand and say, come on, let's go. But, but I fell. So what? I fell two days ago. Let's go. <laughs> What's the big deal? It is no big deal. But I fell again. So fall 50 times. Let's go. <laughs> it, the encouragement is the same. This is not brain surgery. This is the same gospel every time to every person. Yes, you fell. Okay, yeah, but I said something wrong to my wife. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. The only way you're going to fix that thing with your wife is if you keep walking. Yeah, but I'm tired. Okay, so then let me show you how good it is. Let me show you the increasing greatness of the power of God that is in you so you see that you don't have to be tired, right? Because when you're tired, it's just because you're working. But this is easy. This is not a hard trek following Jesus. This is easy peasy, right? This is like floating around. This is not hard work, right? My little, my little grandson, I used to tell him, come climb Pop-Up Mountain. He, he does it now, but now he does it, I think, just to appease me because he's bigger now, right? But when he was little, I would, put, I would be sitting, and I would put my legs out, and I would grab him by the hands, and he would crawl up my legs, crawl up. Well, he didn't crawl. He's walking. And I would have him by the hands, and he would walk on me, walk on me, walk on me all the way up here. And as he was walking up, I would say, you climbing up Pop-Up Mountain, Nathan? He would say, that's a lot of work. 
that's a lot of work. I don't know where he got that from, but he would say, that's a lot of work, right? And every time that little boy says that, I, I just remember, thank God that that's not how our walk is with you, Jesus. It's not a lot of work. How can it be a lot of work when he already did everything? But it becomes a lot of work if one of those 12 bring back a word that discourages your soul. And what does it mean when somebody brings back a word? They just went into the land, the same land that Caleb went into. But the word that they bring back is they say, oh, it's a beautiful land. But there are giants in the land. And I, I saw the descendants of the Anakim there. He says, and there are fortified cities. And they start talking to you about how impossible it is to enter into all the things that God gave you. And you got to be good. And you got to make sure that you get to church on time. And all this stuff happens. And you know, if your church attendance isn't there, God's going to punish you. And you know, if you, if, you, if, you don't, if, you, if you don't do things right, you know, you just give an opportunity to the devil to come in and really get you in the back. And all of these things that we can say that do what? Discourage those that should be encouraged to follow are being actually encouraged to stop and look and say, I can't. But that's the wrong way to walk, right? Because it, you, God has not asked you to do anything. Why would, you ever, why would we ever be standing saying, I can't? I'll show you why. I'll show you why in a second. In verse number 22, he, Moses told them, he said, don't fear or be discouraged, he's telling them. So he's recounting to them, right? And in verse 22, and every one of you came near to me, and you said, let us send men before us. This is uh, Deuteronomy 122. Let, a, let, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and listen, and bring back word to us of the way by which we should go up and, and of the cities into which we shall come. In other words, what they're looking for is the way. But that's what everyone, Christian or non-Christian, everyone is looking for a way. Everyone's looking for a cause. Everyone's looking for someone to stand up for. Everybody's looking for a banner. Everybody's looking for a flag. Everybody's looking for a purpose. Everybody's looking for everything that Christ is to them, right? Everybody's looking for all this stuff, right? It's not that it's wrong to seek. It's just that we want everyone to seek the right thing, right? Because you can spend a lot of years, right? You can spend 20 years of your marriage going, barking up the wrong tree, and you're in the same place you were when you first started, right? For, same place where you were when you first started. But thank God, right, we understand where unity comes from. He says, he says bring back word to us, uh, the way that we should go and to the cities in which we shall come. And verse 23 says, and the plan pleased me, Moses said. The plan pleased me well. So I took 12 of your men, one of each tribe, and they departed and went up into the mountains, right? So mountain, if you see in our glossary, mountain, mountain is, means heaven, right? So, so the Lord came and saved us. And I don't know if, he, if you recall one of the songs that we were singing, which it was, it was actually cool. I was actually making notes of... Um, making notes of just the, the songs that we were singing. And one of, the, one of the songs that we sang is, as he is, so are we in this world, right? How the Lord has, and Miss Lindsay was actually praying about this, that, that, that the Lord um, wanted us to be where he is, right? Now, the Lord is seated at the right hand of God today in, in all his glory and splendor, right? Above all the things in this world or even in the heavens above, above all principality, any power in this world, even in the world to come, he's above all of that. And he said, you know what I've done? I've made you as I am. And in John, I believe 14 or 17 right now, I'll see if we get it later for you. But he, he, says, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I think it is John 14. He said, I go to prepare a place for you so that you can be where I am. So the Lord all along 
the land that he's wanting us to bring us into is, is into heavenly things. The Lord doesn't want to bring you into Ohio, right? The Lord is not trying to bring you into the luxuries of Michigan. The Lord is not trying to bring you into the prosperity of Texas. He's trying to bring you not into the prosperity of another country, not into the beauty of the hills in Japan, right? The Lord is trying to bring us into heavenly things. In other words, things that are not of this earth, that are not temporal, that are not shaken, that are permanent, that are sure, that are steadfast, and that you can count on. Those are heavenly things, heavenly things, right? So, so he says here, he says the, the, the 12 were sent up to go to the mountains, right? They were sent up figuratively, right? We're talking, they were sent up to go to heaven. They were sent to follow, follow Yeshua, right? Follow Joshua, follow Jesus to heavenly things. Follow Jesus into heavenly things. When you were saved, you received this thing called the kingdom of God. It could sound weird to you. You may not know what that's about. You may not know what you received. You may think that it's some kind of Casper the Friendly Ghost that you received. But in actuality, what you received was a kingdom, the reign. That, that word kingdom actually literally is translated, you received the reign of God, right? So, so, so heaven, for the sake of, this, of what we're talking about this morning, heaven can be, can be looked at as the place where God dwells. The place where God dwells, the dwelling place of God. So God dwells in the heavens, right? And, and, and in his heaven, right? In the heaven of God, his will is done. God lives in me, so therefore he has put heaven on the inside of me. He has put the land of Canaan on the inside of me. He has put this new earth, he has put it on the inside of me. And he says, the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation, it's in you. And when the Lord asks you, what does he ask you in Mark chapter 6 to seek? Seek after the kingdom of God. Where is it in you? He says what? Seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why righteousness in the kingdom? What does one have to do with the other? Righteousness, John 5, 2 says, is the access to the grace in which you stand, right? In other words, you've been given the right of passage, the right of access, the entrance into the kingdom. You have been given entrance into the kingdom. That doesn't mean that, you know, Paul at the gate is not going to card you and ask you to insert your chip before you go in, right? That's stuff that people say about him being at the gate. He's not the doorkeeper anyway. The, the point is, right, Jesus is the one that is the door through which we have already entered into. So you, it's not talking about an access that you will gain someday, John 10 teaches you that Jesus Christ is the door through which the sheep have entered into the sheepfold. We're not going to enter into the sheepfold. You have entered into the sheepfold, right? And it's from, the, from your position being there that he says you can have access to that grace in which you stand. How? Because of righteousness, right? So the kingdom of God, you seek those things, not earthly stuff. You don't have to seek after. Actually, he says of the stuff that is, but, but you say, but if I don't seek after, what do I do when I need it? If I don't seek after a good job, what do I do when I need a good job? If I don't seek after a, car, a new car, what do I do when my old one breaks down? If I don't seek after a wife or a husband, what do I do when I need one, right? If I don't seek after friends, how do I get them? If I don't seek after stuff, how do I come into that? He says, he says you're thinking like Gentiles think. You're seeking after things that the Gentiles have to seek after because they don't have me in them. He says, I'm saying to you, he says in Matthew chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the righteousness that I have given you because of your faith in my son. He says, and I will add those things that the Gentiles seek to you. I will add them. Doesn't sound like a whole lot of seeking you have to do, right? He says, I will add it. I will add it. <laughs> right? I will add it. I'll do it. Right? So it makes it a lot easier. He's not saying go get it. He's saying I'll add it to you. Right? Don't go get it. He says, I'll add it to you. In verse number 24, 
He said they departed, they went up into the mountains, right, into heavenly things, and they came to the valley of Eshkol. He says, and, they, and, and spied it out. And they also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands, and they bought it, brought it down to us. And they brought back words saying, it is a good land which the Lord our God is giving us, right? Which they all agreed, it's good. They all came back and said it is good. It's just that the majority of them, right, in other words, 10 of them said it's good, but we can't do it. Two of them said, we are well able, right? Two of them. But the two that said we are well able is because they were of a different spirit, right? They had a unity, Joshua and Caleb, that they didn't work for. It's not because they became best buddies, right? They became best friends, and then they started thinking the same. It's because they had the unity of the spirit, and therefore they had the same mind, right? That's why Paul encourages the church and says that you would be of the same mind, that you would speak the same thing, because he knows what? That's where unity comes from. If you have the unity of the spirit already given, all that you need is the manifestation of that unity. How does it manifest? By having the unity of the faith, right? When you have the unity of faith, you're united then, right? In other words, it's um, united then is the wrong way to say it, right? We have the unity of the spirit, therefore we are already united. When you have the unity of the faith, what you see that unity, you see it manifest then, right? You see it manifest in how you treat one another, how you talk to one another, how, how united you feel with someone, right? Sometimes you can feel very close to someone, right? If, if you, apart from Jesus and in the world, right? Just an example, you can feel very close to your wife and then you find out she's cheating on you. Or it could be the other way around if that offends somebody, right? right? You, you, you could be so in love with your husband and it turns out he's cheating on you. Well, what happened? I thought you were loving them, right? But that's not where unity comes from, right? It's not because you do something for someone that they automatically love you back, right? The world will love those that love them when it's convenient for them, when it's, a, when it's of profit to them, right? It, they will do it back to you. Everybody will do that. Everybody can love somebody that loves them. Everybody can give something that gives to them. The perfect example is, right, you probably bought presents for somebody that you didn't really want to. It's just that they bought you something, right? So you bought them something. If they wouldn't have bought you nothing, you wouldn't have bought them anything because you didn't want to buy them anything to begin with, right? But you did it because they did it for you, right? That's kind of the way the world thinks, right? The world thinks that way. If you do something for me, I'll do something for you. If you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We give people. We, we find ourselves in the abundance of everything. That's where we find ourselves today, in the abundance of everything, needing to encourage the people that are full of it to walk in the fullness of it. <laughs> to encourage people that are full of it to walk in the fullness of it. And then to continue to encourage people that are not full of it to get full of it so that they can walk then in that fullness, right? So then we can all be full of it, right? So that we can all be full of it. That's what it comes down to. So, uh, so they bought fruit from the land, um, verse number 26. Nevertheless, you would not go. Moses is speaking to the people and recounting to them. He said, nevertheless, you would not go, but you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God, and their rebellion was that they what? They wouldn't believe. But, you, but watch this now. And, and you, Moses is telling the people, and you complained in your tents, and you said, because the Lord has hated us, he hates us, he brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. They, they weren't, you'll see for a second, they didn't get this idea by themselves. They got it from somebody else, but it's still their decision, right? Because you can say, well, if people are walking the wrong way, it's because they have wrong leaders. If people are walking the wrong way, it's because they had the wrong pastor. If people are walking the wrong way, it's because they believed this cult or they did this. But ultimately, the, the faith is between you and Jesus. And if you want to know him, you can say, it doesn't matter where you find yourself, you can say, God, I want to know you, and he will reveal himself to you, and you will have the opportunity to, to accept him or to not. Now, granted, 
a lot of times people don't help the church or help unbelievers because they're giving them the wrong report, right? But, but you'll see in a second, Moses was very clear to them. He said, you complained about the Lord, right? He didn't say, oh, because they said, and, and he does talk about that in a second, but ultimately it is our walk, right? Everyone is responsible for whether they believe Jesus or not. And you can't say, well, I didn't believe because of him. Right? Because, yeah, well, he didn't help you, and, 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 and he, he, he is responsible for the things that he says, but ultimately, you're responsible for what you believe or what you don't. And, and if you hear a good gospel, and you say, I like it, but there's not, just not enough going on, there's not enough people for me, you know, I want a little bit more, you know, I, I, well, okay, that's okay, you can, but you're making that decision for yourself, and you can't say, well, see, we, we, we've had people actually come to the church, and say, oh, said the message is so good, but it's just that there's no woman's group. Oh, okay, all right, okay, all right, I get it. So, must be a good reason for you to go, but okay, God bless you, right? Well, I mean, what can you do, right? The, the message is great. I don't know what else exactly you were looking to find. I mean, the message in the gospel is the very thing that will unite you, your family, give health to your, give health to your body, right? provide you with the insight and the enlightenment in your heart so that you can see everything that Jesus has given you, walk like a king on the earth, but if you don't have a woman's group, then I get it. Yep, you must, you got to go follow your mind, I guess, right? So, so there's more, obviously. The, the, the critical thing that the Lord has given us is the need to have to encourage believers. Anything else that we were to give you as heartfelt as it can be, if we don't give you the gospel, we're just rubbing your back. Right? And all we're doing is lulling you to sleep, and then maybe we'll sit down next to you and go to sleep with you, right? Instead of encouraging and saying, come on, let's go. Let's follow Yeshua, right? Let's follow Joshua. Let's go, right? We're going the right way. We're going the right way. But in verse 28, they said, uh, where, where can we go up? Our brethren, meaning those 12, they have discouraged our hearts. They, they have discouraged our hearts, and I get it, we always want to pass the buck, but they say, they have discouraged our hearts. The people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakim there. God never told them to fight giants. He really never did. He said, go into the land that I have given you. He said, I will remove them from you. I will do that. He said, I'm not asking you to do that. He said, I will do that, right? He says in verse number 29, then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. In other words, don't look at the world. This is what God has been telling the church for years, right? Don't live by sight. Live by faith. Listen, I, I am totally right there with you and with everyone else within the church. I can understand how discouraged we can all be by looking at the world. Discourage how you can feel by seeing death around you, all the problems, by seeing the problems in your life, in your loved one's life, in, in, your, in, in your parents, in, in your friends. And, you know, sometimes we, we don't have any problems ourselves, but we will worry about somebody else's problem, right? We will bring their problem and bring that into our mind so we can worry about that. And then we take those problems and these problems. And, and I get it. You can look, you can be led by sight, and it can be very discouraging. But here's an encouraging word, though. If you can listen to someone who's given you the gospel, if you have a friend who will encourage you there, if you have a friend who will hear and say to you, oh, I get what's happening in your life, but listen, let me tell you what Jesus already did. Don't, don't push that off because you don't have somebody that's telling you what you want to hear. 
embrace it when somebody gives you the gospel. I'm not talking about somebody that's pushing something down your throat. I'm talking about someone that loves you, that cares for you, that's going to say, hey, you know what, my friend? I, I have seen, you know what? You look worried. You look, you look like you've been working. You, you look like there's a lot of stuff around you. He said, come on over here, Martha, and join Mary at the feet of Jesus, and let's listen together. Let's listen to what the Lord is saying. Let's listen to what he says about your situation. And you know what? There's a little artwork that we have that's out on our website that Ms. Lindsay put out there that says, you know what? All that you have to do to cheer up is allow God to show you your true circumstances, right? And some people would say, yeah, but what are you talking about? If you show me my true circumstances, that's why I'm depressed. Like, no, 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 no. You got the wrong circumstances. I'm saying the true circumstances. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about somebody reminding you where you stand and who you are and who he's made you and who you have followed and where he has placed you and where he has seated you and what he has given you and the abundance of grace that you stand. I'm talking about that true circumstance. Oh, that true circumstance. Yeah, that one. The truth. Not the stuff you see. The truth. That is, that is not a fairy tale. We're not trying to distract you and smoke and mirrors so that you don't get concerned. We want you to bring you to the truth. Remember that thing that Jesus said he is? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, right? He said, I, that truth. So if we can show you that and say, remember who you are, right? That, you, you know what you might want to do? Grab a hold of that person's hand and say, come on, let's walk together. Grab a hold of that person's hand and say, let's walk together. And you know what? There's a lot of you, a lot of you, most of you, right, that can be friends like that to all of us, right? Sometimes, sometimes you know, sometimes there's stuff going on in your life and you're like a little, eh, or whatever, right? But as we grow and we learn, you know why? We're there so that I can encourage you, so that you can encourage me, right? So that we can encourage one another to do what? To follow him. Not to, not to cheer up because tomorrow's going to be a better day. To follow him. I don't want to hear stuff like that. I don't want to, I don't want to, don't rub my back. I'm going to push your hand away. I don't want somebody to rub my back. I want somebody to grab me by the arm and lift me up and say, come on, let's go. That's what I want, right? If, if you rub my back, you're just going to put me to sleep, right? You, you know, when, when my kids were little, we used, to, we used to go like that to their eyebrows. And their eyes were open and we wanted them to go to sleep. And they started going. You, you kind of lull them to sleep by rubbing their eyebrows, right? I don't want anybody to lull me to sleep, right? I, I'm a, I was already half awake needing somebody to encourage me. Now you're going to sing me a song to put me to sleep? I want to do the exact opposite. I want to wake up. I want to be sober, right? I want somebody to tell me what it's really like, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Shoot, I forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot. He says, so, so verse 30 says, Moses told him, don't be afraid of them, right? Don't live by sight. Verse 30 says, the Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all that he did in Egypt before your eyes. Right? The Lord is the one that saved you and gave your way out of this earth. That's how he'll bring you into that land. The Lord is the one that already saved you. Right? You're, you're, you're already part of the household of faith. Right? How do you access the things that are in you? The same way you came into it. The same faith. Right? No different, the same faith. He says in verse 31, he says, and in the wilderness... Um, where you saw how the Lord carried you as a man carries his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet for all that, he says, you didn't believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents. In other words, a place for you to live, a place for you to be built up as a spiritual household, right? He says, to show you the way that you should go in the fire by night and in the cloud by day. 
In other words, that's John 14, right? He says, he said, I went to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you may be also. And I came and I bought my spirit, right? That was Acts chapter two. I sent my spirit upon the earth so that I could come and I can dwell in you. And that way I could be in you and you and me and we could be in my father and we could be one together so that where I am, there you could be too, right? And, and, and I get it, you know what? Sometimes we get a little discouraged because we're hearing, but it hasn't happened yet. We were just talking the other day in the fellowship hall. Pastor Mike was talking to somebody, and, and I, I, I heard him mention about Abraham, right? But it's so true, right? Abraham grew in his faith for 25 years until he finally had a son. But he wasn't growing in, the, in what Brother Matthew was talking about, about trying to be convinced that he was going to have a son. He was growing in faith in Jesus. And you know what? It doesn't have to take you 25 years, but there is sure as shooting something good to be said about somebody that doesn't let go the truth and just keeps growing it for 25 years and I get it sometimes you can get discouraged because you're not seeing what you want to see but it's easy to encourage you (laughs) listen to any of you it doesn't matter to myself if you have not yet seen a manifestation that you want to see whether it's bodily healing whether it's a relationship whatever it is that you want that you're not seeing yet in your life right You, you, you can't touch it it's not there yet right it's easy to encourage you it's simple you know why it's simple let's get our eyes on Jesus. Let's get our eyes on the one who's already done it. Let me encourage you so you can see what you have and continue to walk in it. And then you know what will happen? Guaranteed, which is the word that we have grown so callous against, right? Because in this world, nothing is guaranteed. Don't give me the word guaranteed because nothing is guaranteed. You know, they say guaranteed, lifetime, but then you got to read the fine print, right? Because there are certain disqualifications to that lifetime guarantee. And if you don't do this and if you don't do that, you didn't keep your receipt from 12 years ago. And if you don't have your receipt that wore out, then sorry, I can't help you. Right? So all kinds of little fine print in there, right, that disqualify you from that guarantee. But Jesus ain't like that, right? If you walk and you believe, you will see the glory of God. If you walk with me and we go to see and we follow the same one, you will see. Guaranteed you will see guaranteed you now you can say well i don't know it's been a long time and you can sit down but you just need somebody to do the same thing grab you by the arm and pick you up and say come on let's not get tired now we've been walking on this thing for 10 years let's walk let's let's go let's follow let's listen to the same gospel and not give up that's what he was telling before don't be afraid don't be discouraged right let's go let's go we are well able right you will see you will see right you will see you will see. It's a good thing what Pastor Mike has been teaching about on the temple, right? The, the temple is, the church is laying down flat on her back. She doesn't have her eyes between her legs waiting for the fruit. She's laying back on her back. And her, between her eyes, all you find is the good report. That's all you find is the good report of the gospel. Nothing else. Lying flat on her back. Being fruitful and she don't even know how it's happening. Right? She probably does know, right? But, right, just she has her eyes on the Lord and he's bearing all that fruit. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit, right? You have the Spirit of God in you. He's the good treasure on the inside of you. Let me show you that real quick. Good treasure. Good treasure, good treasure, good treasure. In, um, and we'll come back real quick to Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy 28 and verse number 12, Deuteronomy 28 verse number 12, he says, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, What do you say the good treasure is? The inheritance? What is it? The heavens. The heavens, right? The heavens. He says, he will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain 
to your land in its season, right? You ever, you ever heard the Lord talk about that, like the, the latter rain, right? When he talks about the rain, that's Jesus Christ he's talking about, right? He says, to give you the rain to your land in its season, which means continually, to give you rain continually, and to bless all the work of your hand, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Jump down to verse number 47. Verse number 47. So he says, you have good treasure on the inside of you. You have a kingdom, a rain, the heavens on the inside of you, right? The heavens on the inside of you, right? It's kind of like this, right? The mountain, right? The spirit comes upon that mountain, and we have a heaven on the inside of us, right? Heaven right on the inside of us, inside a mountain, right? We, we, we are on top of a mountain, right? The mountain's in us. We're on top of a mountain, right? Verse number 47 says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. But if you turn that around, obviously that Deuteronomy there is talking about the curse because they didn't do that. But look at what he's saying that we do. He's saying that we can, we can walk with joy. He's saying serve the Lord, which is really right, the service by the Spirit of God. You look, you acknowledge every good thing in you, and you know what that does? You look at the, the inheritance that he's put on the inside of you, and it brings about this. It brings about joy and gladness of heart. In other words, you're happy here. Not, you're not happy because somebody told you the right thing. You're not happy because somebody looked at you and said, oh, you look so nice today. Oh, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> now I feel so you've made my day, right? You don't have to have anybody make your day. He already made your day. Why do you need to have somebody else give you a compliment to make your day, right? Is that, is that what we are? We're nobody, and we have to have somebody remind us and tell us we're pretty, and now I feel like somebody. Holy mackerel, what are we missing? Who you are. You don't need somebody to compliment your appearance. You need somebody to grab you by the hand and lift you up and say, this is who you are. Look, look in the mirror and you'll see who you are. That'll make you feel good, right? Because you know what? Just like there's somebody that say, oh, you look pretty, right? You, look, you go up to somebody else and says, you know what? You put on too much makeup, right? But maybe they don't even like you, <laughs> right? So, so we, we can't live that way, right? We can't live because, well, I'm happy because I got a raise, or I'm happy because my boss said something, or I'm happy because somebody noticed me, or, right? That, that, that's all just junk of this world, right? People will do it sometimes, and they won't do it others, but I'm not dependent on that for my joy. I can live with joy and gladness in my heart, joy and gladness in my heart, he says, for the abundance of everything. Why? Why do I have joy and gladness? Because I have the abundance of everything. And it says, actually, other translations say the abundance of all things. Well, you know all that means? That you have everything. You have everything. You want a compliment? Look inside and hear God say, I have accepted you in my son. You are mine and I love you. And I, have, I loved you so much that I gave my son just for you so that you could live. You want, you want somebody to, 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 you want just to kind of cuddle up on somebody's lap and just, and, and just kind, of, kind, of, kind of get cozy with Jesus, right? You, you, he'll take you, he'll put his arms around you, right? He'll show you his power. He'll show you the excessive riches that he's given you so, so you can feel good and you can remember. We just don't need that. We don't, we, we're not people that need to crave something we have. You don't need to crave something you have. There are people that do this. Oh, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm just not going to wear any makeup. Or I'm just, I'm just not going to do this. Or I'm just not going to cut my hair. Or I'm not going to do this. Or I'm not going to do that, right? But th those are all, what are you doing? Putting on a show? Wh what are we doing that for? Is, is that doing, what, what is your ticket into where you stand? The righteousness that you receive because of your faith in Jesus. 
It, it don't matter whether you got makeup on or not. It doesn't matter whether you wear a long skirt or a short skirt. It doesn't matter whether you wear pants or don't wear pants. You wear shorts or you have a, a, a jersey on. It doesn't matter whether you like hockey or you don't. It doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter. It's righteousness that has given you access to the grace in which you stand. We have heaven on the inside of us. And they said that they, they just wanted, they, they, he wanted to show them a way, like, how do I enter into? He said, he said, who do we follow? How do we go in? Verse number 33 says, who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents somewhere where you could abide? Verse number 33, to show you the way that you should go in the fire by night and in the cloud by day. Verse 34 says, and the Lord heard the sound of your words, and he was angry, and he took an oath saying, surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good of the land, of which which I swore to give your fathers. Why? They just did one thing wrong. They listened to the wrong report and complained about the Lord saying he has hated us when all along he's just loved them, right? What did they miss? They missed the love of God. They missed it. They totally would not believe in the love of God. They believed better in the hatred of God instead of the love of God, which he clearly showed them, right? Clearly showed them. But, but he says, he says, um, verse number 36, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, except Caleb, he shall see it. Was he better? Was he following? I mean, they were all following Joshua. What, what did he do? Was he, is, is it because God made him a giant? Is it because he was born with talents that the other ones didn't have? Is, is, it because, is it because he came from the right tribe because he was of the tribe of Judah and that's where Jesus would come out of? He could have been from the tribe of nothing. He could have been from the tribe of nothing and no one and he could have followed Jesus and God would have given him entrance into the right tribe, right? The tribe of the saved, right? The tribe of the children of God. He could have come from nothing and God would have made him someone, right? And he, and he said, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it. And to him and his children, I'm giving the land on which he walked because he wholly followed the Lord. All that that means is he believed. He wholly followed the Lord. It was of his heart. And I'll show you that in a second. The Lord was angry, 37, with me for your sakes, which I don't know. I mean, he says that, <laughs> that the Lord was angry with me because of you. But the way I remember it, the Lord was angry at you because of you. But, but he said that. So, right, because he was the one, right, that did not portray the Lord correctly before the people. But anyway, that's what it says. So that's, we'll leave that to opinion right now, but that's what I think, right? He didn't enter in, not because of them. He didn't enter in because of him. Uh, he said, the Lord was angry with me for your sake, saying, even you shall not go in there. Verse 38 says, Joshua, the son of Nun, Yeshua, right? Joshua, Yeshua, who stands before you, he shall go in there, encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit. Who is it that causes Christians to come into their inheritance? Yeshua, right? It's Jesus that causes us to inherit. He is the one why we have what we have. Everything, listen, you, you could feel discouraged because of something that you've done, but all, the only reason why your mind is discouraged is because you forgot the good report. The good report has nothing to do with you and your actions. The good report has nothing to do with you and your actions. It has only to do with him who is your qualification. If you were listening to Ms. Lindsay while she was praying, she used words like meat. He has made us meat. He has made us qualified, that means, right, to enter into our inheritance. He's the one that qualified you. You didn't qualify you. If it was up to you, you would have been disqualified. I would have been disqualified. We all would have been disqualified, and none of us could enter in. The only thing that we did right is follow the, our forerunner, Jesus, who went in before us. And he made the way. In other words, the path was open then. 
We didn't have to like get our machetes and start going through the wilderness trying to make our way because here comes the devil and we got to win. He made the path clear. And what he, all we're doing is following him into that inheritance. He went in before you. In other words, the path has already been paved, right? He was the, there's a word for that that I can't think right now, but there's a word for the, the people that make the path, right? The people that make the path. So he made the path, and all he's saying is, walk in this way. So he is that way, right? He's the way for us to walk and the way for us to enter in, right? Thank God, he's the door. So he says, he is the one that will encourage you. He's the one that will cause you to inherit, right? He's the cause. He's the cause and he's the effect, right? He's the cause and he's the effect. Thank you, Jesus. The cause and the effect. Look at Ephesians chapter one real quick. Ephesians chapter one. Good, good, good to remember. We're gonna be wrapping up here, right? December 31st. Right? It went by fast. That just means that Jesus is coming back sooner. And you say, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they always say that Jesus is coming back sooner. They've been saying that forever. Yeah, but we're a day closer than we were yesterday. So he is coming back sooner, right? Do you know when? I have a, I have a feeling that he's coming soon. I can, nobody can take that feeling from me. I, I feel that, right? I feel that. Thank God that he's coming back soon. Thank you, Jesus. Look at verse number, uh, verse number one is fine. Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1. He said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. So he's talking to people with faith that believe. He said, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father. Listen to verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in, in the heavenly places in Christ. You know, if we can switch. I don't, do we have the LITV back there? Yeah, can we switch to that? It, the LITV is just a literal version, right? So obviously literal versions are very good because it's just word for word. You, you notice though, I don't know if you, if, if it, it probably wasn't like that over my head, but on the Bible that I'm looking at, heavenly places, places is italicized. That just means that they added it in there for clarity, right? But if you look at the LITV, it says, blessed, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, who blessed us, right, past tense, done, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies with Christ. In the heavenlies with Christ. So, so the, 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 the treasure, the good treasure that we were talking about, that is the heavens, right, the treasure is called the heavens. He said he has put the heavens on the inside of you. He has put that kingdom of God on the inside of you. He has put that, uh, that inheritance, that abundance of all things, he has put that, he said, right on the inside of you. So he said, he calls it here spiritual blessings. But, but obviously he's saying every spiritual blessing. If you go back to in, in verse three in the New King James, right? He says every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. But that doesn't mean, again, that he put it up there where it's out of reach, where you can't get it. He's saying grace and peace to you now. In other words, grace that you would receive out of the abundance that's in you, that you would acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ, and it would become effectual. It would become effective in your life, right? It will come out, right? It will be fruitful. You will give birth, right? You will give birth, and you'll see it if you believe, right? You will see the glory of God. In, in, if you jump all the way to verse number 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him to know you. In other words, that we would encourage you, let's, let's, let's know him. Like if we're going to encourage you to do anything, right, it's not about, you know, let's, let's do, believe me, now, I've been to marriage seminars that try to tell you this and that and about kindness and all this stuff. I've, been, I've heard it, right? But the thing is, that in and of itself, without the truth of the gospel, is no good. 
Now you can teach people about kindness and you can teach people about love and you can teach people about doing and giving right, and being generous, right? Those are all good things, but they have to know who the source of that generosity is, right? You gotta know where it's coming from because if you think it's just you and that if I give you, I'm gonna deplete from what I have, so you gotta give back so I can recharge my battery, we're giving the wrong picture. But if we tell you that you have the abundance of all things in you and that when you give, you're giving such as I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Right? I, I, I'm telling you that I have this abundance, and it's because of his name, because of what he's done. Therefore, here, take it. It's fine. I got plenty where that came from, right? Plenty where that came from. So it, a marriage seminar with the truth of the gospel is awesome, right? A marriage seminar without the truth of the gospel is useless information. It's just useless information. It works for a week, and then you're done. It, you don't keep it going. You have to make a New Year's resolution every time, and by February 30th, nope, right? Let's, let's say March 30th, right? Right? By March 30th, you're done. Three months later, okay, yeah, this is good. I think I, think I did it, and it's done, right? But we don't, we don't have to do that. We don't have to make a New Year's resolution. We could just resolve our, uh, ourselves to see him. Resolve ourselves to see him, right? Look at Jesus. And, and you know what? You're going you're gonna to fail at that sometimes. You're going you're gonna to start in, when I was in, I remember the first day when I joined the Navy, they, we, they still had us in our civilian clothes, and they had just cut off all our hair right? Not now it's not there, but it's going to grow back. Thank you, Jesus. But, right? but, but I'm just in line like this. And you don't know what's going on. You haven't been trained, so you keep doing this, looking around because you want to know what's going on. And then they get in your face constantly, constantly in your face. Stop rubbernecking. Turn around. And you don't even know what rubbernecking is, but you figure he's yelling at you, so you better look forward, right? So you're just standing there looking forward. We need to encourage someone without yelling in their face, right? Sometimes I yell. But what he wants to do, we need to encourage each other to what? Don't look to the right or to the left. There's nothing there for you. Everything is right ahead of the glory of God. Everything's right in front of you. Are you going the right way? Yes, you're going the right way. How do I know I'm going the right way? Are you following Jesus? Yes, so I'm going the right way, right? Keep going the right way. Keep going. Keep going the right way. You don't know, but I don't know everything. Keep going the right way. But I'm, I don't even know. You know, I'm a little confused. Are, are, are you keep, have you continued to attend? Are you continuing to hear? Don't worry. You won't be confused long. Just keep hearing. Keep learning, right? Keep hearing. Keep learning. You won't be confused long. It, because he says, here's why confusion goes, because you have the spirit, whether he is in someone else, because you don't have him yet, or if he's in you, you have the one that turns the light on. Pastor Mike is going to talk to you about that on Wednesday, right? There is someone that turns the light on so you can see. There is someone that turns the light on so that you can see. Verse 18 says, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, right? Somebody let light in, right? And now you can see where you couldn't see before. It was dark, but you can see now that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Listen, to what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? The riches of the glory, the abundance of all things, the inheritance in the saints. Not in heaven, in the saints. Who are the saints? We are the saints. It's not St. Mark, St. John. It's saints. We are the saints, the believers, right? We're the saints. He He says, in you. That you would understand the riches of the glory of the inheritance in you and what is the exceeding greatness, verse 19, of his power that is toward you according to the working of his mighty power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The power that's in you is the same power that rose him from the grave. Took a body that was stabbed in the side, crucified to a tree, dead with no life in it, all the blood basically got out of his body and just stood him up and gave him all the glory of the Father and seated right now at the right hand. That's some power. That is some power. That's the same power, he said. It's the same power that is toward you when you just believe like Caleb, when you follow the Lord wholly. 
Just follow him. Just follow him. If somebody starts pointing out your faults and what you do and what your flesh is up to and the bad thoughts that you're thinking about, they're pointing you in the wrong direction. They're making you rubberneck. They're making you look around. Let's follow him. Let's follow him right into the land. Let's follow him right into the land. All right, let me give you one more verse and then we'll stop. One more verse and then we'll stop. Actually, I'm gonna give you two more verses and if you gotta go, you gotta go. What can a man do? When you gotta go, you gotta go. Joshua 14 Joshua 14, this is December 31st, right? This is good. This is good. It's good stuff. Um, Joshua 6, 14, sorry. Joshua 14, verse 6. Joshua 14, verse 6. He says, and I'll read this quickly for you. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the, the Kenizzite, said to him, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. That's the place where they were called out from to spy out the land, the promised land in Kadesh Barnea. He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. Watch this. This is, this is so good because it helps you see like, wow, look at what the inheritance of God does and how it affects someone, even someone's mortal body just because they listen, right? Just because you're hearing, just because you're following Joshua, right? Just follow Yeshua and you'll see how it works out for your body. He says, he said, uh, in, in, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I bought back. You, you know he was one of the ones that bought back the right word. He said, I bought back to him as it was in my heart. In other words, that's faith, right? Faith is in your heart and in your mouth, the word of faith with we, which we preach, Romans 10 says, right? So he says, I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren, it says, who went up with me and made my heart, is it, nevertheless, my brethren, in other words, the other 10 spies, who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. It is awesome to be a person, watch, that says, you know what, Lord? I don't mind hanging out with the multitude as long as the multitude is following you. But I got my eyes on you, Jesus. I just want to keep following you. And if they come, I'll encourage them to come with me. But if they don't come, I'm not going to be discouraged by how many came or didn't come. I mean, Jesus looked at the 5,000 after they left because they were offended because he said, right, he he offended them by just giving them the gospel. And he looked at the 12 and he said, are you going too? Because I'm going this way. Are you going too? I mean, you can go if you want, but I'm going this way, right? It's something awesome to be said for the faith of an individual, which awesome, awesome to imitate. Imitate faith. Imitate faith in Jesus every time that you see it, right? To see the faith of Caleb, to say, you know what? 10, 10 out of 12, 10 out of 12 said discouraged the heart. He said the, the heart of the people melted, but he says, I followed you holy. He said, I followed the Lord, the Lord my God. Verse number nine says, so Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, right? It's an awesome thing, right? How the truth impacts your life. It can impact even your physical descendants, right? That may not even know Jesus yet. You could have a baby boy that doesn't know the Lord, And yet, right, he's being sanctified because of your holiness, right? Sanctified because of what Christ is in you. He says, he says, this shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you wholly followed the Lord, my God. And now, behold, the Lord kept, listen to what he says about even the effect on his body. He just talked about just his faith, right? He wholly followed the Lord. And then he says, and now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old, he said, 
as yet I am as strong this day as the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and coming in, which there I believe that going out and coming in is talking about being a leader among his people, right? He said, I'm stronger. I'm just as strong now than I was then. At, at, I'm twice the age I was when he first sent me out, and, and I am strong, as strong now as I was then, right? Listen, it's, so it's not just, faith is not just, the faith that you increase in the knowledge that you grow in Christ is not just something that just grows in you spiritually and that those spiritual blessings have no effect on your body. It, it most surely will give life to your mortal body. If you have the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, which I was telling you before, by that same spirit, he will give life to your mortal body, Romans 8 says. Life to this mortality. Life to this mortal body. To the day that you receive a heavenly one, he'll he said, he has kept me alive. Who kept me alive? He has kept me alive. Who has kept me alive? He has kept me alive. He has kept me alive. He didn't say, I kept me alive. He didn't say, all of my work kept me. He said, he has kept me alive. Do you, do you hear somebody saying, do you hear someone saying, I believed in you, Jesus, and I followed you with all my heart? That's the first commandment, right? I love the Lord your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. First and greatest commandment, Right? And he said, I did that. And he said, he kept me alive. He kept me alive. My God, it is good to know, you know what, no matter what's going on in your life today, no matter what deficit you think you have, no matter what you've been seeking, you know, no matter what you've been involved in, you know, it, the Lord can take any single circumstance, right, any circumstance in your life, and he will turn it around for your good, for those who love God. You know what that means? Stop and continue and begin to believe in him. Stop, listen, nothing that you've done is undoable. Nothing that you've done is, oh, I've gotten too far and now the Lord is not gonna help me, right? I have, I'm suffering from diabetes because I just ate too much sugar, therefore the Lord can't do anything, you know, because if I don't help myself, who's, how is God gonna help me when I'm not helping myself, right? That's untrue, untrue. The reason why the Lord sent Jesus is because you couldn't help yourself. The reason why the Lord sent Jesus is because you couldn't help yourself. He did what you couldn't do. But people say, well, if I don't do it myself, then surely God's not going to bless me. What is he? Is he going to condone sin? Right? Paul already went through that argument, right? God, God does not condone sin. He says, how, how shall we who have been freed from sin leave it, live any longer in it? In other words, this is not our practice to just do things on purpose and just test God to see if he's going to come through, right? We just do things that are not right, and we do it often, right? But he has already put the abundance of all things in you so, that, so you can always, always stop. There's always opportunity to stop rubbernecking. There's always opportunity to look and behold the glory of God. It is never too late to start again. Never too late to start again. Get up and get started. Oh, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what he has done. You could have gone from being daddy's little girl to the worst prostitute that walked the face of the earth. And God could care two hoots about that. He took your prostitution and he put it upon his own son. Now, if that word offends you too much, you think worse thoughts than what I just said. You think worse thoughts in your mind than what I just said. And that thought that you had is meaningless compared to, to the crucifixion that he suffered for you. People, this is real problems that people live with. People live with, with problems like prostitution and drug addiction and alcoholism and all kinds of stuff like that and all types of addictions in their life because they're just trying to feel better. But if we can just be real to people and stop trying to pretend like we have it all together and say, you know what, there's one that I'm following. Let's follow him together. 
And it doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus, Jesus sat with the prostitutes. He sat with, what, how do you say prostitute in church? He sat and ate with them. <laughs> right? We don't have to be so sensitive, right? He sat and he ate with them. He sat and ate with them. You know why? Because they were willing to hear. They were willing to hear, right? There is nothing that you have ever done in all of your life or will ever do that will ever astonish the Lord that he will be able to say, yeah, my suffering cannot cover that, right? Anything that you have done, you can start over right now from today, and if you could hear me, if you could hear me and hear the Spirit of God speaking through me, grabbing you by the arm and lifting you up and just telling you this one thing as we go, right? Let's go together, right? Let's go. Don't look around. How many people are coming the people will be what the people will be. It could be 10 or it could be 10,000. Does it really matter? Does it really, really matter? If, if, will you be more convinced if there were 10,000 following? Okay, well, now I guess that makes more sense now because there's a lot of people, so it must make it true, right? <laughs> I heard a man say one time, and, and while I'm being a little brash, I might as well say it if that's even a word. I just, if not, I just made up the word brash. Um, he, he said, you know what? People will gather in a stadium to drink human urine, Right? They will, they will just gather around by the tens of thousands to drink stupid stuff, right? It, the masses do not make truth, right? Ten of the 12 discouraged the people, and they were all wrong. Ten out of 12 are wrong. And if you count Joshua as the one that was leading, it was one that really followed the Lord. One of them really followed the Lord, right? And sometimes that's what the odds are. Sometimes it is just one. But you know what? Don't feel lonely. Don't feel lonely, right? Because we are here, Right? And we are all believing and walking in the same way, right? And there are more, right, that will continue. There are many, many believers that will agree with you in many things. I think where we differ a little bit is that we take Jesus all of the way, right? He didn't do a finished work, and then we have to do other little pieces ourselves, right? Is that we have learned that he has made us to rest on our back and to follow him in our hearts, right? So, so that is, that, if you're going to see a difference, that's going to be the major difference that you're going to see is that we're going to center on Jesus every single time, right? And if, you know what? And if that makes people not like that very much because it's all about Jesus, then so be it, right? But I'm not going to be looking right or I'm not going to be looking left, but I'm just going to be looking straight ahead and I'm going to be encouraged, right? Isn't that what David said? Encourage, I encourage myself in the Lord. How did he do that, right? He just kept his eyes straight ahead. We hope you enjoyed this message from Reform Church. If you have, please share this with someone else and help us get this uncommon truth out to the world. If you'd like to support this good news, you can do so at reformchurch.com give. Also on our website, you can take advantage of our free messages, articles, and even full discipleship courses. Start reforming your mind now at reformchurch.com.